the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead. I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And as I've shared with you before, in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. And because of my education, my training, my experiences, and my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and wealth creation and wealth preservation and wealth transfer and the roles that these particular aspects of the social science of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. Yes, I said bankruptcy law. I practice it because at bottom, the effective and fair use of Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4 of the United States Constitution, also known as the Bankruptcy Clause, and its related federal and state statutes, such as the Bankruptcy Code and the Federal Rules of Bankruptcy Procedures, along with the applicable federal and state case law, is not only just about the money, 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 but more importantly, it's all about the reclamation and revitalization of the economic lives of financially distressed individuals, families, and businesses. But only if those distressed entities are headed by honest but temporarily unfortunate human beings who sometimes make bad financial decisions or are impacted by outside forces beyond their control, like a pandemic or any other man-made or natural disasters, they're impacted negatively, just like sometimes you and me. Now, I also practice debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these tools in my focus, I've also spent the greater part of the last 40 years fighting for the economic empowerment and economic independence and economic autonomy of women, people of color, communities of color, including indigenous Americans. And because I grew up in a military household as a military brat, I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes. 
And I'm also proud to say that as part of my practice, I also sometimes have the opportunity to at least attempt to seek out and vindicate the rights of seniors as more and more of us find ourselves not only the targets, but sometimes, unfortunately, the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse you could ever imagine. So I'm coming to you again today to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show doesn't provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that's tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances, and hopefully provide you with at least a template, an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help I believe you need and you deserve if you're having a legal issue that intersects with your finances or your other assets. So if you've been listening, you know for the last several weeks we've been discussing the fallout caused by the United States uh, Supreme Court's uh, August 26th 2021 decision where it, in agreeing with the opinion of the District Court for the District of Columbia, ruled in favor of the landlords and the realtors against the government in the case Alabama Association of Realtors at Al versus the Department of Health and Human Services at Al. In its ruling, the court determined that the CDC, which is a subunit of the Health and Human Services Department, the court determined that the CDC's nationwide eviction moratorium was unconstitutional because, in the court's opinion, the CDC's stated statutory basis for the moratorium, that was a law, a 1944 law, the Public Health Services Act, was limited to the stated means and methods used back in 1944 for curtailing the spread of communicable diseases spread between and amongst human beings, uh, by animals, and throughout the United States. And by undertaking such action, such as euthanizing disease-spreading animals and or quarantining infected human beings and fumigating premises where the disease were found, all measures appropriate at that time. However, the court apparently overlooked the catch-all clause included in the act that stated that the head of the agency could undertake, and I quote, any other measure as in his judgment may be necessary, end quote, to deal with these communicable diseases. Hmm, sounds like today, anyway, to me. Further, the court went on to say that because the Public Health Service Act of 1944 has rarely been invoked and never before used to justify an eviction moratorium, that somehow the act lacked authority in the modern era and therefore the court concluded that 
implementation of the subject nationwide moratoria exceeded the CDC's authority and that any nationwide eviction moratoria could only be found constitutional if it were enacted by today's Congress in a new statute. Needless to say, I, like many others in this country, disagree. But you know, it is what it is. So in conjunction with trying to understand the rationale of the Supreme Court in striking down the eviction moratorium, we also went on a tour looking at other solutions that might help our 11 million neighbors who make up the approximately 5 million households in financial distress directly related to COVID-19 not be kicked to the curb in the middle of a pandemic. And so we focused on how to fairly, efficiently, and swiftly distribute the $47 billion, that is with the billion with a B, and already congressionally appropriated and presidentially approved rental assistance. That was needed to go through the tenants onto the mostly mom and pop landlord who need these funds to pay their mortgage so they would not in turn be foreclosed upon and they could continue in turn to provide the housing to our brothers and sisters in the middle of this pandemic. And, you know, all the other cascading natural and man-made disasters that we seem to face almost on a daily basis these days. I say due to climate change. In sum, here's the deal. According to the Treasury, as of August 25, 2021, only 11% of the federal funds had reached through the tenants to the landlords and utility companies. This, the, the, the people that these funds were uh, you know, identified and appropriated for, some to say less than 1 million households have thus far been saved as of last month. And in my opinion, these figures are untenable in the midst of a pandemic coupled with the loss of home and rental units associated with the climate change related due to floods and other natural and man-made disasters. So, as you know, I took it upon myself to look at the rental assistance program in three states that I have direct relationships, Alaska, California, and Mississippi, to see if I could find the Where's Waldo log jams that was keeping this money from getting out, and I, had, I identified them. Um, it, it appears that the states and local governments have not put the man and woman power behind these ordinances to get this money out the door. So I'm going to use a highly technical term to describe the programs. The rental assistance programs, as they're currently implemented, suck. However, again, it is what it is, and I never take no for an answer. So we have another place to look for some assistance eviction moratoria put in place by state and local governmental units that remain in place at least through the end of this month. That's just next Friday, September 31, 2021, but it might be enough time to assist some people in remaining in their home, to at least for a while while they figure out their next steps. So we're going to focus um, today on using California as an example because it does have statewide and locally based eviction moratoriums, some of which actually ha have more robust protections than the CDC moratorium that was stricken down by Congress. So I'm going to focus on that when we come back on the other side, so please stay tuned.
Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our ongoing discussion of what may be the final frontier for staying in our rental units, even though it may only be for a short while. Here's the deal. Although the nationwide CDC moratorium no longer applies, individual states have enacted, and some still have the capacity and the legal authority to enact, um, their own tenant protections. In fact, California's statewide and local eviction bans protect COVID-19 impacted tenants much more robustly than the CDC's invalidated moratoria did. The California statewide ban remains in effect through September 30th, 2021, and some localities have pushed that protection out for even a longer period of time, and some still have the capacity to do so within the next seven days. Okay, so first let's look at what else is out there on the federal side. We didn't talk about this before, but the government-backed mortgage buyers Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have prohibited landlords of multifamily properties with these mortgage-backed securities from evicting their tenants. So, what does this mean in English? If the property you live in, if your landlord took out a Freddie uh, May or a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac uh, loan, that is to say those entities guaranteed the loans, because those are federal government entities, the owner of the property is uh, prohibited from evicting you, at least through the end of next week. Now, for the most current details on these programs, you can go to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the place where we've been parking for the last uh, couple weeks. It has a section there where it can give you information about Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae loans. So please go there and check out and see if your um, landlord is prohibited from evicting you because of the kind of loan he or she has on the real property that you live in. So let's move on to California. In September 2020, the California legislature, they, they, they passed a bill because they were, you know, kind of frazzled. And um, it's the Tenant Relief Act of 2020. And it prevented landlords from evicting qualified residential tenants, but only through January of 2021, January of this year. However, at the end of January, the legislature passed Senate Bill 91, and it's uh, uh, the Tenancy and Federal Rental Assistance Act of 2021, which essentially extended extended the expired California Tenant Relief Act eviction moratorium, and then it added in the federal stimulus that we've been talking about for the last several weeks. So, effective June 30th, 2021, AB 832, the Rental Housing Recovery Act, extended that moratoria for the third time through the end of this month, September 30th, 2021. In addition, landlords will be reimbursed under this act 100% of the unpaid rent incurred by qualifying tenants between 
April 1, 2021 through the end of next week, the end of September. So, the eviction moratorium under the AB 832, it states that tenants behind in rent between March 1, 2020 through September 30, 2021, if the reason they're behind in their rent is due to COVID-related illnesses or related lost income, you can't be evicted if within 15 days of the notice period and there and after monthly they provide the landlord with declarations of their COVID-related financial distress. Tenants must also pay a minimum of 25% of the total rent going forward. The amount of rental assistance available to the tenant with non-cooperative landlords. And the 25% can be paid over time or in one lump sum as long as that 25% is in the hands of the landlord by next Friday, September 30th, 2021. Now, tenants who fail to pay the 25% can be evicted starting uh, October 1, Saturday. Any remaining unpaid rent uh, converts to a consumer debt that's collectible in small claims court starting um, November 1, 2021. So, those are some protections that are out there. You also need to check your local ordinances because... Even if the city and county has a more protective local ordinance, the eviction or other protections of that local ordinance rather than the statewide SB 91 might apply. So, early in the pandemic, Governor Gavin Newsom declared a California statewide emergency. Among other price controls, it automatically capped rent increases. So via additional emergency orders, Newsom also first allowed individual cities and counties to protect residential and commercial tenants suffering from COVID-19 related financial hardships and then extended those protections if they, you know, follow certain mandated um, uh, uh, executive orders and local orders. So over 150 cities and counties quickly enacted ordinances banning either residential or commercial evictions or both. So intended to help as a stopgap measure all of these local ordinances get their lineage from uh, Gavin Newsom's statewide laws. Unfortunately, most of them expire next Friday, September 30, uh, uh, 2021. Okay? So, if you are a residential tenant and you live in a town or in one of the counties or one of the cities with an unexpired local eviction moratorium, you need to check with your local government's website and see if you are protected. And it might just be that your local city council or board of supervisors is in the process of extending the moratorium, although I don't think many are, you need to know what's going on. So that's for residential tenants. For commercial tenants, although 
the statewide bill, SB 91, does not cover commercial tenancies, most remaining local eviction moratoria ordinances do. And uh, one of Newsom's uh, executive orders allowed local jurisdictions to extend protection to commercial tenants which many cities and counties have done. And the particular executive order is Executive Order Number 03-21 that Newsom signed off on on March the 4th of 2021. So if you're a commercial tenant, you need to look into that. And I've heard from a whole bunch of you. So next week's show, I'm going to focus on what it is that commercial tenants need to consider because the eviction moratorium likely will be over then, but you're going to have to be served with uh, uh, with some kind of uh, legal notice, and you need to be prepared for that. Okay? So, if a local ordinance exists under most but not all local ordinances, you must have suffered a COVID-related Um, decrease in your household or your business income, such as you were laid off or your hours got reduced or there was decreasing demand for your business and so you just basically are not making the money that you need and also you might have had increased medical expenses and because your school shut down you had additional child care expenses because you had to, instead of sending your child to, to school, you had to find some kind of babysitting. And that's, these are all valid reasons that you need to articulate as to why you suffered financially. But you must be prepared to prove your hardship. Uh, most of the ordinance make you document. Some of them extraordinarily so. But be prepared. Keep your receipts. Keep all your documentation. So if you have an opportunity to either get some funding to help you catch up on your missed rent or explain to someone why they shouldn't put you out on the streets, you need to, you know, go to go that extra mile and have these these documents prepared. And don't assume that you're automatically protected. Almost all of the ordinance put the onus on the tenant to notify the landlord in writing of your financial distress. Don't just assume, well, the landlord, she must know that, you know, I got laid off. No, you have to inform them in writing. It could be a letter, a note, write it on some toilet paper, send them an email, whatever it takes, in writing. And you're... you are expected to eventually catch up on these payments. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's a provision to help you maintain a roof over your business or over your family while you search around for the additional income. And generally, landlords can still serve notice and file evictions, but this ordinance is a defense for you to uh, prevail in a legal uh, matter if your landlord decides to uh, go ahead with the eviction process. So, I suggest for all tenants, landlord-tenant law has become incredibly complex. If you have been served with a legal document, you must take action to avoid being evicted. And in some instances, you only have three days. You must contact an attorney or a tenant's rights organization as soon as possible. 
okay? Now, you know, I dug this information up from a bunch of sources, including um, NOLO Press. They have a wonderful website. Uh, with, And actually, they have a grid that shows most of the um, ordinances for the cities and counties throughout California. And there's some really great nonprofit organizations uh, that I've shared with you. Please, you know, reach out now. Next week, it's going to be kind of busy. But, you know, most of these uh, moratoria end on the 30th of, of the month, which is next Friday. And again, because I've heard from so many of you small commercial tenants, that's what we're going to focus on next week. How to deal with your landlord now that the moratoriums are over. Okay? So we're going to leave it there for now, but as always in closing here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including laws dealing with our ability to stay in our homes and stay in our small business commercial space in the midst of a raging pandemic. But in the meantime, Please, I beg you, please get vaccinated for your children's sake and for children who are not related to you. They can't be vaccinated. Us adults can. It's The onus is on us to be vaccinated. Mask up and wash your hands. Till next time, please take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.